What's wrong, Oscar? Something wrong with this system, that's what's wrong. I don't think that two single men living alone in a big eight-room apartment should have a cleaner house than my mother. is Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre, and we're excited to have two guests in this year's special Father's Day show. Chris Lemon is an actor, writer, and classically trained musician. He's appeared in dozens of films and TV shows, including Midnight Caller, Knots Landing, and the hit Fox series duet, as well as the movies Seems Like Old Times, Cannonball Run 2, Weekend Warriors, Swing Shift, Just the Ticket, and three movies which he shared the screen with his famous father, Air Force 77, Dad, and That's Life. He's also the writer, star, and producer of a terrific one-man show based on his book of the same name about growing up with his legendary actor father, Jack Lemon, A Twist of Lemon. Charlie Mathdow is an occasional actor as well as producer and director who has appeared in his, with his legendary father, Walter Matthau, in films like Charlie Varrett, The Bad News Bears, and House Calls. He served as an associate producer on movies like Buddy Buddy, First Monday in October, and I Ought to Be in Pictures. He's also produced and directed the features Freaky Deaky, The Book of Leah, and Doing Time on Planet Earth, as well as three films featuring his dad, Mrs. Lampert Remembers Love, The Marriage Fool, and The Grass Harp. Between these two gentlemen, they've uh, worked with a who's who of 20th century talent including Blake Edwards, Charles Sterning, Christopher Plummer, Julie Andrews, Carol Burnett, Piper Laurie, Don Siegel, Roddy McDowell, John Boyd, Ellen Burstyn, Martin Landau, and Lloyd Bridges, just to name a few. Now, Frank and I are thrilled to welcome to the show two talented artists and the sons of two of the most beloved performers to ever grace the silver screen, Chris Lemon and Charlie Mathau. Gilbert, do you need a rest after that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's, that's one hell of an intro. My goodness. Welcome, gentlemen. Hiya, Hello. Frank. Hello, Charlie. Now, something just hit me in the introduction... I, I want to ask you, Charlie. Uh, it, Mrs. Lampert remembers love. You, you, hear, you have any problem hearing me? 
I can hear you. I just yeah. started just, I started just okay. having trouble remembering. But yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mrs. Lampert remembers love. Yes. And I seem to remember that Audrey Hepburn's name in charade was Mrs. Lampert. Wow, Gilbert. Wow. That is. I, I remember your father hiding behind a pillar, holding a gun on Audrey Hepburn and Cary Grant, saying, Mrs. Lampage, they left me alone to die. I was in a Jamin prison. Five bullets in my stomach and legs. They knew I was alive. That's why I had to kill all four of them. <laughs> oh man, Gilbert, that's a the, good waltz. the impression's so good. I hate to break your heart and say that that character was Lampert with a P, and Charlie's movie is Lambert with a B. Oh, okay, <laughs> but it was close. <laughs> but but nonetheless impressive. That was one great story. Uh, seriously, Gilbert, I think I think you need you you got to lay down for a second because this is what an amazing opening. Listen, it was an excuse that's to do his yeah. Walter. Yeah, Walter's Mathau, that's right. <laughs> we're going to have dueling Mathaus on this show. Charlie, we got to figure out, Gilbert said when we were talking uh, on the phone, yeah. and by the way, welcome to, to both of you. We're thrilled that this is finally happening. We're thrilled to be here. Well, yeah, lovely to be here. Thank and, you. And uh, Gilbert was said, I think I auditioned for Charlie, but I can't remember on what. I don't remember. I, it was a movie of some kind thousands of years ago. Huh. We talking about the eighties, Gil? Uh, before that, yeah, I think the seventies. Uh, no, no, the eighties. It would have. He was to a be kid in the seventies. How? Uh, yeah. Anyway. Charlie's not that old. Yeah. <laughs> He's not because I'm older than him. Anyway, now and I know the, I'm the, not that old. The two of you, unlike Martin and Lewis, uh, your fathers <laughs> actually were friends of each other. <laughs> Very close friends, and because uh, I remember, and and thinking of Jerry Lewis, this is how I these synapses in my head. This to you, Chris. Uh, Jerry Lewis was originally asked to be in Some Like It Hot, and he that is yes, yes. And tell us the story. Um, well, it's basically Jerry was was a, a much bigger star than my father at the time. Um, but there was just something about Pop and, and the way he clicked with, with Daphne uh, that really turned Billy on. Um, so it, it really boiled down to Marilyn getting the role. They had no idea they were going to get a star of that stature. Uh, and when she said yes, it was uh, uh, Pop was in. But Jerry um, wasn't nuts about the idea of doing this. As a matter of fact, he was uh, quoted as, as, as saying, drag isn't funny. <laughs> and, and then my father, uh, after that, uh, said, Jesus Christ, you know, um, every, every time at Christmas, I send Jerry a box of chocolates. I love that. And I heard there was a card that he'd send Jerry Lewis to that would uh, same same message every you year. know I did that whole gimmick much funnier in the show so uh, <laughs> you know I just have to say you know it's there's no audience feedback here you know the lighting is lousy uh, but uh, uh, no it, what, what he said he sent a card I heard he saying, sent a uh, card 
with the chocolates I, to Jerry, saying thank you for being a schmuck. Oh, that's no, that's Billy. Every time Billy would see Jerry on the streets, <laughs> he'd say, oh, hello, schmuck. <laughs> <laughs> it was a whole different era back then, I'll tell you. Gil, I was wondering if you found that anecdote. The, the Jerry Lewis. Can't put a Jerry Lewis anecdote past you, Gil. Tell, tell us, gentlemen, there are conflicting reports about how these two friends actually met. Charlie, there's, there's, there's different versions of this, depending on who you ask. Well, they met in Billy's uh, office, yeah. Was that it? Uh, yeah. I, I've heard different versions, too. I heard they went to a Jewish deli and Jack ordered fried shrimp and a chocolate Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Yes, that's, that, that's the story. That's the story, because mine is boring compared to that. <laughs> yeah, a fried shrimp in a, in a chocolate frap, <laughs> as Walter would say. But we Chris, there's the, those, there's the great story that you told on the Odd Couple uh, DVD commentary about uh, when they finally got to work together on the fortune cookie, and Walter was laid up. Walter had had the heart attack, and he asked he was from his bed. He, he asked Jack to do him a solid. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, no, actually, hold on. A, he do him a, tell me about that. I don't know that one. When he when he gave him the bag, the bag. When he gave him the when he gave him the paper bag, oh, and he oh, said, you, "Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah." No, this story I was about to tell is much funnier than that. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's go with that one. <laughs> no, uh, it's uh, you know Walter uh, uh, on uh, uh, Fortune Cookie. The first one was was um, what the hell was it? Was it Fortune Cookie? Yes, it was Fortune Cookie. Yeah. And uh, uh, but on the one you just mentioned, the one where they played the two buddies and the cop and stuff like that, Billy Wilder's film. Oh, for God's sake, I've forgotten it. But uh, anyway, buddy, buddy. Yeah, buddy, buddy. Uh, they uh, Walter was supposed to do a stunt. They both were, uh, where he came down a laundry chute and landed on a platform. And uh, it, when they, you know, when they actually did the shot. Walter hit that platform so hard that he rolled off of it and fell about a good seven to eight feet down to the ground and was knocked unconscious. And my father, you know, was beside himself and ran over to him and ripped off his jacket and gently put her under his head. And as Waltz's eyes started to flutter open, he asked, Waltz, 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 what, what, wait, hold on. So that's what I think. Huh? No, I know, but it's it's you know it's got to be the right timing. My wife is now criticizing. Chris's wife Christ. is offering tips. Okay, okay, here we go. That part's going to get cut. Out. So Waltz hits the thing and falls off a good seven or eight feet and is knocked unconscious. And my father rips off his jacket, gently slides it under his head, and says, "Waltz, Waltz, are you comfortable?" Waltz looks up at him and says, "I make a living." <laughs> Charlie, you were there. You were associate producer on Buddy Buddy. Yeah, I was in charge of the slide. That's why I got it. <laughs> I'm one of the. I, I must be in the minority because I, I know Buddy Buddy is maligned, but I like it. Uh, I like it too. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I thought it was funny. Yeah. When whenever I watch uh, anything with on talk shows 
with uh, Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon. It seems, it kind of reminds me of how Jack Benny was with George Burns. Like anything Burns would say, he would, uh, Benny would be doubled over. And it seemed like that when when Jack Lemmon uh, would listen to anything Walter said. Well, it, it, they they truly were the best of friends. And I know Charlie will back me up on that one. And uh, it, basically, uh, it was just that they were both so opposite each other that any movement or, or comment or anything like that would instantly break the other one up. And I mean, just lo- losing it, you know, it ro- rolling about in laughter. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was, they were such odd couples to begin with, you know, my father going to a Jewish deli and having fried shimps and, and a chocolate <laughs> frat. And, and, you know, and Walsh is, is like straight out of Odd Couple, you know, in that wonderful scene that they do in the deli where he's just kind of looking around with the, you know, with his musician, Jesus Christ, could you shut up, Felix, for God's sakes. Um, and it, it was, you know, it was wonderful to be around them because, uh, you know, this, this whole duality was, oh, shit, there goes my... I love when you do your impression of Walter, Chris, because you can't help but have a little of your dad poke through your voice, too. So it's like getting Mathau and Lemon in, together in stereo. Well, there's so... Uh, just uh, the point, you know, I mean, my father... It's, yeah, but Jesus, Jesus Christ, would you, would you please put yourself together? Because people are... And then... <laughs> And then Walter would look at him and say, would you shut the hell up, Lemon, for God's sakes? You're making a fool out of yourself. (laughs) You know, I mean, just that whole kind of juxtaposition is magical. It's the stuff of magic, you know? They had a, a, I heard you say on the soundtrack, uh, on the the audio commentary, that they had a certain Mutt and Jeff quality, like other great comedy teams. Oh, yeah. Um, I, 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 you know... Comedy teaming. Charlie, you should talk about this. Comedy teaming is... I'm in! <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. What's what's the single best thing about my career? Timing. Um, that doesn't work with one person, so don't try it at home. <laughs> uh, it can be very dangerous. Charlie, um, t- tell them, you know, the whole thing that made them so special as a comedy team, and you, you saw it with all the great ones, uh, you know. Tell, tell them about Pop and, and Walt and the way they... Well, you hit the nail on the head, opposites, right? Yeah. Watching The Odd Couple, and you, again, and you see that Jack is, is, is manic and animated and full of angst, not just as Felix, but in a lot of his comedic performances. And Walter is laid back, and laconic, and so there's a there's really a great contrast in their in their styles, in their acting styles, and their deliveries. Walter had. I, I think a, that uh, has something. That has to have something. Walter to do with did it. A, an incredible. Uh, uh, it's one of the funniest ten minutes I, I think I've ever seen. Uh, interview where he came in on Pop. It was with the English fellow. I forgot his name. Um, oh yeah, Parkinson. Yes. And, uh, yeah, Michael and Waltz, they, they introduced Waltz after my father rambled on for 20 minutes because we lemons tend to do that. And, <laughs> uh, uh, and Waltz came out. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and watch that 10 minutes. But during that, he, he told a story. What the hell was the question? I forgot. <laughs> I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting older. What was it? What was the, the thing? What was it? It, 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 it was just a, it was it the was odd just a general. The odd couple. He yeah, said, yeah. He said, Lemon had the harder part because. 
he would say anything, and then I would simply say one word and get the laugh. So Lemon had the tough part to play. You see, he really had to work. I wouldn't play that part if my life depended on it. Um, so, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, it's they uh, they wanted to mix it up at one point and go and do stage and, and play each other's parts. Uh, but that sadly never happened. I would love to have seen that. And didn't he, didn't uh, Walter ask to be Felix? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They yeah. were they they he they wanted to switch it up, and Pop would play Oscar. Yeah. What did what did what did Neil Simon tell uh, tell your dad? Charlie? Can you see that now? Um, oh, oh, I'm sorry, Charlie. Go ahead. No, that's no, okay. Uh, well, could could you see that if they did switch parts? You know, and my father my father comes in and turns to me and says, "I wake up in the morning and there's little notes on my pillow say we're out of cornflakes." F you. <laughs> It took me three hours to figure out that F.U. meant Felix Hunger. <laughs> that's it? I, that's uh, they, that, that's yeah, the reaction? This is a tough room, Gina. <laughs> I might pull. I might pull out of here. No, it's, I'm, oh. I'm getting very close. And I, I always wondered what uh, Matthew and Lemon thought of uh, Jack Klugman and Tony Randall. Oh, they loved him. I, I know Pop did. I can't speak for, for uh, Waltz. Charlie, did did he like uh, like those? Oh, two he uh, he loved he loved Jack. As a matter of fact, on Broadway, Jack was uh, his understudy. Yeah, when he did play with Art Carney and uh, what Gilbert was talking about, or or or, or, or Frank, uh, when Doc Simon sent the script, the first two acts of The Odd Couple, to my father, he called. Neil back and he said I want to play Felix because Oscar's too easy and Neil said well do me a favor Walter and act on your own time <laughs> <laughs> great fuck, uh, great line I love I love that I love that and I and and speaking of acting and and, and sort of a, a snappy comeback Chris I love the story of your dad working for Cukor in uh in the first movie and him saying, give me a little less, give me yeah, a little Q less. Yeah, Q-Core kept saying, Jack, could you give me a little bit less? And they do the take, and then less, uh, less, Jackie, darling, a little bit less. And my father finally turns and says, George, if I give you any less, I won't be acting. Q-Core looks back at him and says, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's lovely. It's a great story. Tell us how you guys, this is in the commentary too on The Odd Couple, and I thought I knew everything uh, uh, about The Odd Couple and everything about these these two great actors, but found so much in that director's commentary. Chris, you you tell a great story of being on the on the school playground. Oh, yeah. And, and, and kind of gradually finding out who Jack Lemmon is. Well, I think that, and Charlie knows this, any, any star's kid... Um, uh, that had a son of a, uh, or daughter of a star that had that stature that, that Pop and, and Waltz had, um, knows this. It's the sudden realization that it's different, you know? Um, and for me, that happened in, I think it was like fifth grade or something. Mm -hmm. I was attempting a pull-up, and this kid comes running up to me and says, uh, my father's a, a, a bigger star. Or no, that see that kid over there? His father's a bigger star than your father because he's Jim West's son from Wild Wild West. And I, look, I, look, <laughs> I look at the kid and I say, 
Well, yeah, he is. He's, you know, he's Jim West from the wild, wild West. And the kid, you know, <laughs> snorts and walks away. And, uh, you know, and I remember thinking to myself, I didn't know my father was a star. I, I thought he was just an actor. And uh, when, it, when the kid came up to you, you should have said to him, uh, don't be silly. Your father is my father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but it, it's it's a very, you know, it's, it's kind of a bittersweet story because, yeah, yeah it's, it, it's funny. Um, and it's so honest in the way that kids are. But it's you, it's a sudden realization that I think, you know, Charlie, tell me if, if you've had it, uh, where all of a sudden you go, holy shit, my father's a superstar. Um, and the one thing, you know, that kids, uh, want, uh, at, at that age is identification is, is a sense of that's who I am. Uh, so when it happens, you suddenly go, I'm not Chris Lemon, I'm Jack Lemon's son. And it's, it's kind of a wild and, and, uh, um, disturbing realization at that age, at that tender age. Am I, have I explained myself enough, Charlie? Yeah, I, I think, I, I think we're good on I, that. Yeah, no, I've I've heard that from uh, you hear that from a lot of uh, you know uh, sons and daughters of actors mm -hmm. like that. In a way, they're proud of their parents, but then they're like, "Well, what about me? I don't exist." That's it, um, and it can have a lot of interesting ramifications. Um, you know, uh, I adored my father. Charlie adored his father. We were both lucky to have wonderful relationships with our, our parents. Uh, and they knew what was on, too. Uh, um, and, uh, you know, without saying, okay, here's the situation and here's what I'm going to do, they had other ways of incorporating us into their lives and shielding us from that, uh, excuse me, excuse me, you, uh, I need to get to Jack Lemon. Could you move out of the way? Um, uh -huh. And uh, uh, for me, he took me up fishing once a year and we were divorced. My mother and father were divorced. And, and so it was, that adds a whole other layer to it as well. And uh, uh, slowly but surely, um, we'd, we'd grown apart, and slowly but surely, we came back together through those incredible fishing trips and later on playing golf every year at Pebble Beach. Uh, and we ended up becoming the very best of friends uh, at the end of all of that. Uh, it was an incredible journey. And then, of course, you know, just like Walter, Pop passed away at a very early age, uh, and he was gone. Uh, so after a lifetime of discovery and uh, uh, intimacy, uh, when things finally got to where it was just perfect, passed away. I'm so it's so a wild sorry. story. It's a, I'm sorry to get all morose on this show. No, not no. at all. It should be funny. <laughs> I, I heard you say you haven't played golf or, or, or gone fly no. fishing since. No, not, yeah. no, not, not, not since he same. died. I tried a little bit. That's uh, sweet. You know, and uh, it was just not the same. I mean, when you've played... Pebble Beach with Jack Lemon. Uh, it, it's just kind of downhill from there. Charlie, you said on the DVD that you saw the fortune cookie as a kid and then you were in the car with your dad and trying to make the connection. Yeah. I said, Dad, the, the guy in the movie looks just like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've always been a little slow. <laughs> now, you guys, go ahead. Gil. Oh, now, now uh, your dad, Walter went to acting school with Tony Curtis and Sidney Poitier. And uh, they, there's a great story. I don't know if you want to tell it, or uh, I will either, 
uh, that uh, you, Tony went away to Hollywood, became a major uh, movie star, and then he came back and he was riding in New York with his in the back of a stretch limo, and he saw your father in beat up clothes. Charlie's yeah. laughing, Gilbert. I think he knows the yeah, story okay. here. Tell us. <laughs> well, I like the way you tell it. Please. <laughs> yeah, he, his father, uh, Walter Matthaus, walking in beat up clothes, you know, worn out shoes. He ha- can't find work anywhere. And uh, Tony Curtis goes by in the limo, <laughs> rolls down the window, and yells, Hey, Walter. I fucked Ivan Di Carlo. <laughs> Charlie, how many times have you have you been forced to listen to that story? Uh, never told any better than that. <laughs> if you go on YouTube, you can see Tony telling that story on Letterman. Really? <laughs> I think he told it on the Costas, Bob Costas's talk show. It's a it's a classic. Charlie, gotta... how do you keep those earplugs in your ear so well? These, these, <laughs> these earbud things are Jesus, God, they're annoying. Well, and yours are just sitting there perfectly. I have well, I have very big ears. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Chris, see, do, do tell do do tell the story of of the fortune cookie when uh, when when your dad went to visit Walter in the hospital, uh, which because it's kind of fun. I, I, I'm trying to remember what it is. He gives him the bag and he says, "There's a guy I need you to go meet outside oh, the studio gate." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, well, every you know, Walter did have a um, a deep love of the ponies. Uh, and playing the ponies. And uh, uh, at one point, he'd had the heart attack on, on I think it was, what, what was it on, Charlie? It was the first was one, on right? Fortune cookie. Fortune yeah, cookie. fortune cookie. Yeah. And so my father goes to see him and see how he's doing. And Walter looks at him and says, Jack, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to see this bag here. I want you to take this. There's going to be a guy standing out front of 20th Century Fox tomorrow <laughs> afternoon at 1 o'clock. <laughs> I want you to give him the bag for me, okay? My father, anything, anything he would do. So he shows up at one o'clock and sure enough, there's this guy with the, you know, the pushed over nose and the cauliflower ears and he snatches the bag and rips it open, thumbs through a stack of hundred dollar bills, then looks at my father and says, Use Jack Lemon, aren't you? <laughs> You're my very favorite actor. How's about an autograph? And then my my father says to himself, Jesus Christ, here I am, standing here in front of 20th Century Fox, and producers are driving by saying, why is Jack Lemon giving Walter Matthau's bookie an autograph? <laughs> These are hard I stories love, to remember. I haven't done the show in about a year and a half. What, what what's the Marty Baum story, uh, Charlie? Where 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 your dad walked into the office? Oh, that's, early, that's a true yeah. story. Uh, Marty Baum was his agent in the uh, in the early fifties, and uh, uh, he uh, said, "I need fifty thousand dollars, Marty." And Marty said, "Well, yeah, we'll get that for you. Don't worry about it." He says, no, I need it today. 
Go look out the window, and there were th th those two guys uh, that Chris was talking about with the cauliflower ears on the corner. He says, if I don't get the 50000 today, they're going to kill me. <laughs> so he end they ended up uh, booking into a show called Tallahassee 7000. <laughs> it was uh, not... It was not a appointment television. Uh, <laughs> and uh, everybody was wondering, you know, why did they get uh, this Tony Award winning actor? Why is he in Tallahassee 7000? And that's why. That's 50,000 bucks. <laughs> that's great. I hadn't heard that story. It's a great story. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this. What what did uh, your grandfather? Oh, my grandfather! My grandfather was a baker. Yeah, he he was the guy who kind of uh, uh, not patented or invented, but basically businessized the uh, uh, donut machine. The little you know the machines you'd see in the, yes. in the coffee shop windows where they would plop donuts. You know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, and he thought it was during the Second World War, he thought it would be a lovely idea to bring those uh, machines over to Europe uh, to, you know, to give to the boys, to, to keep the boys' morale up. And, and so because of my grandfather and my father's father, Europeans got donuts. Uh, oh, my God. There you go. Papa Jack. Now, there you go. And Jack, Jack uh, asked uh, his father... Uh, what he th he told his father he was going into show business, and I heard a story well, about yeah. this that. No, well, you tell. Did it. you tell it? Oh, I don't remember. That, which, which, that, there's so there's uh, like a dozen of them. Yeah, Jack Lemon's father said to him, uh, "Well, will will this make you happy?" And he said yes. And he said, "Then go ahead and do it." Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, that's a lovely story. Uh, yes, he gave him his blessings. He wanted very much for my father to follow in his foot. Um, uh, uh, and the line he gave him, then go do it. Uh, uh, but just remember, I'll always find magic. In oh. That's not that's sweet. Wow. I find yeah. it fascinating that both of your dads based movie characters on their mothers. Mm. If I have this right now, Daphne in Some Like It Hot mm -hmm. was based on your grandmother and Charlie. Do I have this right? That was your grandmother Rose. Yes. The inspiration for <laughs> for Willie <laughs> for Willie in the Sunshine Boys. There's definitely a lot of Rose and Willie in the Sunshine Boys. <laughs> uh, that was such a brilliant performance. Yeah, that that is your favorite of his performances. Uh, that Charlie. Uh, it's char yeah, it's mine. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Why? Because oh, it's just so damn funny. Yeah. <laughs> the funniest. Uh, it's the funniest performance I've ever seen. Enter. <laughs> <laughs> give, give, give him a little bit, Gilbert. Give him a little of, this, of your uh, Willie Clark. Oh. It wasn't the Marachko Theater. It was the Marachko. The and it wasn't, yeah, yeah, my baby. was a great actor. As an actor, you couldn't touch him. As a human being, you wouldn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> 
spectacle is not funny. <laughs> I was fascinated to find out that he found the Sunshine Boys depressing when he first read it. He, he didn't want to do it. This is what I saw in this uh, wonderful documentary that I was telling you about. Uh, the uh, Walter Matthau Diamond in a Rough documentary, where he said that, but then Neil Simon told him that he had Jack Benny. Well, he, no, he saw it on stage. He 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 thought it was depressing. Yeah, he thought then, it was depressing. But then Neil Simon told him that he had uh, Jack Benny, and he sent him the script. And my father was reading the lines out loud, and I was a little kid, and I was laughing hysterically. I just thought he, he was so funny. So that that made him think, well, maybe I could do something with it. You've seen that footage, right? There's no audio, but you could you you should look at it too, Chris. It's fascinating to see the makeup tests. Oh yeah. With 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 uh with Jack and Walter. Yeah. And on the DVD there's also Phil Silvers is auditioning. Really? For the Sunshine Boys. I I, I assume cuz it was what Gilbert Red Skelton and uh, Jack Red Benny Skelton originally. And Jack Benny had one teamed up. Was it or Jack Albertson maybe? Jack Albertson did it on stage. Yeah. Yeah, but they I, I think it was Red Skelton and Jack Benny, and Red Skelton thought the material, this is what I, we learned, that Red Skelton thought the material was too blue. But if you look at the DVD special, uh, the extras, there's there's a, a an audition, a screen test for Phil Silvers. Really? Red Skelton thought the Sunshine Boys was too blue? That's the story <laughs> we heard. <laughs> well, you know, that's very similar to what happened to Pop and Waltz for... Um, um, which one was it? Uh, for Grumpy Old Men, um, uh, which I think the, you know, that first film was just brilliant. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, they originally wanted Kirk Douglas and um, uh, uh, do you know Bert Charlie? Lancaster, right? And Bert, <laughs> Bert Lancaster, <laughs> who almost who almost drove over me and Andy Garcia on the first green. Of uh, of of uh, Hillcrest <laughs> because he was pissed off that he that uh, the starter let us go as a twosome in front of his foursome, uh, and so he almost ran us down. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I digress. Not, they 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 put with Bert. Uh, they put Bert yeah, Lancaster and Bert, and, baby. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they were supposed to do it, and and they went to Don Rye, who directed it, um, and said, "Yeah, we want this." He says, "No, the only the only way thing is going to work is is Walter and uh, and uh, Jack." Um, and they said, "No, no, no, we 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 know better." Blah 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 blah. So so they they held out and held out, and finally they go, "Okay, we'll we'll, we'll do uh, Walter and Jack," and both of them turned it down. <laughs> Unbelievable! Yeah, no, it's true. And, uh, and they, so the, now the studio is going. What the hell's going on? You told us we had had Walter and Jack, and it went back and forth for a couple of months. And it, in the meantime, um, uh, Watchamadingi has his office right next to my father's office. It was right next next to it, not Burt Lancaster. Um, oh, for Kirk God's. Douglas. Yeah, Kirk Douglas, who's angel. Um, uh, anyway. Uh, so finally, uh, they keep bumping the price up, bumping the price up, bumping the price up. And they finally find out that both my father and Walter uh, were going to do it, uh, really wanted to do it. They just wanted to get the price up. So they turned wow. the table on the studio, which I think is a they lovely story. They wound up putting uh, Kirk Douglas, Gilbert, and Burt Lancaster, old per oh, Remember that? Where they tough were guy. old gangsters. Yeah. Tough guys. Tough yeah, guys. With, yeah, with Eli Wallach. Yeah, with Eli Good Wallach. Film. But, the, you know, these casting decisions are crazy because, uh, Charlie, they wanted, uh, for the odd couple, they wanted Sinatra. Paramount was going to go with Sinatra and Jackie Gleason. Oh. 
until you until your dad went to Howard Koch. Went to Howard Koch, and uh, he said, uh, "Do you want to be responsible for ruining the Odd Couple?" <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Cooler heads prevailed. But it's it's also kind of sweet because Jack, when they made the fortune cookie, obviously Jack had the Oscar for Mr. Roberts. He'd been in the apartment, which was best picture. He was a, he was a star. Your dad, Charlie, wasn't quite a movie star yet. He was a, he'd had the Tony, but he was he was a, he was a celebrated uh, stage actor. He'd uh, he'd played villains. He'd played heavies. He'd been in a, a, a lot of mainstream movies. But it's the sweet thing that that uh, that that Walter says to Jack, uh, "You've I've got the showier part here." Yeah, well, he, he said, uh, "Why are you doing this picture? I've got a better part, and you're a much bigger star." And uh, Jack said, "Well, it, don't you think it's about time?" <laughs> it's, I find that so sweet. It's a great story. Oh, I love it's, that story. It's so sweet. Yeah. And of course, and of course, Walter wins the Oscar. Well, not only that, in the middle of the movie, Walter had a heart attack and they shut down the movie for three months and they wanted to replace him. But Jack wouldn't let them replace him. So wow. uh, they they held out until uh, Jack wouldn't come back until Walter came back. And at the time, uh, you know, the doctor at Cedar uh, Lebanon at that time, uh, hospital was saying, um, if he survives, he can never work again. And uh, but uh, Jack wouldn't hear of it, and he wouldn't take another actor. And uh, Walter came back three months later and finished the movie, and ended up getting the Oscar for it. That's such and they a had good a, story. The, what a the story. bulky coat because he because he had lost he had lost weight. Right. Yeah. There's a scene in the movie where he, he, he walks in the door, and he and then uh, when he walks out of the door, he's thirty pounds lighter. Mm. That that is a wonderful screen creation. That character, yeah. and you can't and you can't imagine any, but you can't imagine anybody else playing a Hinkle, uh, Jack's character. But you really can't Im- imagine anybody else playing this sh- this shyster lawyer. He's he really owns that part. He <clears throat> he does indeed. And did you get to know George Burns when they were working together? I did. I did. I was very very blessed. And he was uh, just, you know, what you would, uh, I don't know if you knew him, or you might, you might have. No. But uh, he was just what you would uh, hope he would be. Your dad is clearly fond of him because, you, if, again, if you see these, these interviews that you can find on YouTube, there's a, they're, they're doing press for the Sunshine Boys. It may be that same host, uh, Chris, Michael Atkinson, the British host. And you can really see the love between these two guys. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And um, matter of fact, uh, it was going to be with Jack Benny, and then Jack passed away, and so uh, George replaced him. True, but true, and Chris, you got to know Burns a little bit too, because Dad would take you to Hillcrest. He would, would watch. He would walk through the room um, uh, uh, with a cigar bigger than his head, and go to <laughs> every single person. He made sure that everybody he said hello to. He was. He was just. He was a mensch. That's one of my favorite parts of your book is where you're talking about uh, being at Hillcrest and these these great classic old comics holding court like Danny Thomas and Milty 
and what George Burns would time everybody. The, yeah, he well, that, say, that was that say, was uh, on the night that Pop and I performed for his ninety fifth birthday. But uh, he he was he was you know the king uh, uh, after after da- uh, 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 da- not Danny um, uh, uh, whom I think Jackie uh, Jack um, uh, help me out here. Uh, we just said it. I'm I'm getting older, as you can tell. Uh, so these these things are you know it's, it's well it was not in the easy. book you in in the book you're talking about Danny Thomas yeah the roundtable it was the George the Burns Marx was brothers, there and there were whole yeah. generations of right. of uh, uh, people who uh, of these great you know huge uh, the the comedians that came out of basically vaudeville um, uh, and you know and they tell stories uh, and that night they were all sitting back in the uh, president's room and Pop and I walked in and Burns looks up and goes. Oh look, a couple lemons, and uh, you know it, it. It's it was amazing. It was truly uh, you know amazing. It was a gift. Uh, these these parts of Charlie's in my life, and and it was because of our fathers. And I, I was told, uh, Frank, tell me if I'm wrong, that this uh, uh, interview is actually going to air on Father's Day. Um, uh, cl- close to it. Cl- as, close to, as close as close. As close Which to is it very as we can appropriate. Get. The only thing I could think that would be more appropriate if there was such a thing as Brothers Day, because I really do think these guys um, it, it had one of the most wonderful, hilarious, just incredible uh, relationship um, that out of the blue, who knew? And, you know, they, they, they you know, meet each other at, I don't know. And then, the, you know, then Walter gets sick on the film and pop to the story that Charlie just told. And, and they, they just stayed together. They hung, um, you know, through thick and thin. And, uh, you know, I've got oodles of pictures uh, uh, that, uh, of, of the two of them, you know, just hanging out and, and, and playing with the, the grandchildren and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's a lovely story. So dad was an only child, Chris, and he, and, and, and safe <clears> to <throat> say that, that Walter was the older brother that he, that he didn't have. Yes, absolutely. And that's, and that's how he, that, that's how he looked at him. Yes. Was, was that the dynamic, Charlie, that you sensed? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Walter did have a brother, Henry, but, uh, there was absolutely no question that uh, Jack was uh, every 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 much every bit as much as his brother. He I was didn't... very sweet to uh, Gina after we were married. Her parents, uh, Pat and Dan, he uh, they they would come out to Los Angeles occasionally to visit, and uh, you know, and Pop and Walter and and uh, and both their wives, Carol and Felicia, were very very sweet to them, uh, and it was so lovely to see, you know. Um, as a matter of fact, I remember one story I'll tell really, uh, it was, we were all at Mateo's. Remember Mateo's? Sure. That wonderful place in Westwood with the sure. greatest steak on the face of the earth. Um, yeah. and, uh, we were sitting at one of those half round tables. I think you might've been there, Charlie. Um, and, uh, you know, my, my father, all of a sudden he was like on the inside and my father all of a sudden disappears. And and Pat, Gina's mom, feels something on her leg, so she she lifts up the tablecloth and looks underneath, and it's my father. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, "Jack, what are you doing?" And he said, "Oh, I got I got to hit I got I got to hit the head. I, I didn't want to disturb anybody." <laughs> so he crawled out under the table, went to the head, and then crawled back in. Yeah. The only one who noticed was Pat. 
watching The Odd Couple, and two, I thought this was interesting, Charlie, that that, that Dad said that uh, it was the perfect character for him. He thought it was the perfect marriage of actor and role, uh, Oscar Madison. <clears throat> he did. For him. He did, even though he, even though he did try and talk Neil out of it and said it was too easy and he wanted to play Felix. It was, uh, it, it was the, uh, I think later on he referred to it as the plutonium that he needed uh, to get where he wanted to be. Tell us about Edward Dimitrik too, because you, you were in film school, the famous Edward Dimitrik, director of Murder, My Sweet and many, many other classic films. And your dad had worked with him. Yeah, well, I was at USC, and and Ed Eddie was uh, our instructor, and he just was, uh, you know, just so much fun to listen to. A brilliant man, a very kind man, and he would tell us all these stories about uh, Robert Mitchum and Marlon Brando. Oh, he directed the Kane Mutiny. I mean, great, great body of work. It's amazing. And uh, so after the last class, I went up to him and I said. Um, uh, do you have any stories about my dad? Uh, and he said, yeah, he said, uh, at the rap party of, uh, uh, Mirage, uh, I, I just, you know, whenever your dad would, would act in scenes with, uh, Gregory Peck, I couldn't take your eyes off, off, uh, I couldn't take my eyes off your dad. He just, uh, stole every scene. And, uh, I went up to him and I said, Walter, you're going to be the, uh, one day you're going to be the greatest character actor in the business. And uh, he, he thought my dad would be pleased by that. And instead, uh, my dad looked at him and said, fuck you, Eddie. I'm going to be a leaning man. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie was right. I, well, no, my dad was right. Five years later, he was. That's what I mean. He was a leading man, even though he didn't look uh, like uh Leading men were supposed to look at that time. You know, they were supposed to look like Gregory Peck or uh, Robert Taylor or uh, um, Rock Hudson. Yeah, he. I mean, he's credited in in, in some ways with with uh, with paving the way for actors who weren't conventionally handsome to come later, like the Pacinos and the Dustin Hoffmans, right. who could be considered as leading men because Walter Matthau was a leading man. Yeah, uh, he he kind of paved the way for the anti-hero, although he. Uh, Felt that he was, he would never wasn't he didn't play an anti-hero that he was uh, popular in part because he he just played the ordinary guy next door, right. And before we jump off the odd couple, Gilbert, yeah, how about a little bit of uh, of Oscar Madison for these boys? Six months I lived alone in this apartment. I was despondent, depressed, and alone. And then you move in, my dearest and closest friend. And after three months of close personal <laughs> contact, I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. Do me a favor, Felix. Move into the kitchen. You can have your pots, your pans, your ladles. <laughs> <laughs> your meat thermometers. <laughs> What do you guys think? Now it's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Gil. Oh God. Um. Oh, your your father, uh, uh, Chris, said that he he thought movies years ago were more fun. Doing movies was oh, more fun. 
I, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I, I, you know, listen, I, I adore movies. Uh, now it's, it's, you know, what it is. But back then there was a whole kind of, I don't know, maybe it was because it, then it was Samuel Goldwyn and it turned into Coca-Cola uh, or Pepsi-Cola or whatever, um, that the business somewhere in the 80s just kind of got uh, businessified. And and there was something just left uh, uh, the the whole kind of joie de vivre uh, that that everybody you know I mean these were guys who were going to like Formosa Cafe for lunch and and having three martinis and you know and fried shrimp in a frap and and then going back to work you know and and hitting the boards and stuff and 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 I think that it really created such flamboyant and 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 three-dimensional characters um and now it just sort of seems like oh, kind of flat it just seems sort of two-dimensional um and business it just seems like business so you feel that way Charlie you 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 you've made films you've raised money for films do you do you you feel you would have enjoyed yourself more uh, in in the old days under under the studio system? Oh well, there's no question. I mean, you know, I became a filmmaker. Uh, you know, I mean, I kind of missed the studio system, but I came of age in the '70s, and the, you know, most of the movies that I just loved as a kid and made me want to become a filmmaker wouldn't get made today. You know, I mm. mean, uh, good point. Think about all those movies in the 70s, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest or Nashville or um, sure, even even The Godfather would have problems getting made today. I mean, you know, there's just uh, I mean, I could I could I could give you 50 or 100 70s movies that were amazing that would never get made today, including some of your dad's films, including. Uh, yeah, probably most of them. Yeah. 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 Mm. I got to ask you guys. There's a couple of questions. I'll come back to uh, we'll come back to more of Gilbert's fun impressions. <laughs> we will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast, but first a word from our sponsor. This is from our pal Josh Mills, our mutual friend Josh. Yeah. Son of Edie Adams, who was very close to your dad. Yep. Jack uh, uh, Chris and Ernie Kovacs. Uh, Josh Mills, uh, he wants to ask Chris about Venice, Italy, 1984 at the Gritty Palace. And who was staying at the hotel that Christmas? Oh, uh, Does Chris that mean Walkins. anything to you? Chris Walkins huh? was staying there in Venice. Oh, Christopher Walken? Yeah. Uh, Pop and I, I don't know how we ended. I was actually working over there. And then, uh, you know, he came over and we just ended up at... at uh, no, um, we, were there. we were there for the tribute to Ingrid Bergman at the, at the Venice Film Festival. See, he's young. He can remember these things. <laughs> <laughs> I have that glorious excuse of, of you know, I, I don't know, I don't know what? Um, excuse me? Uh, hello, operator, we've got a bad connection. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, I love that I, I, didn't, I don't remember you being there, Charlie. You were, what would what, what, you say? Well, you know, I, I'm very shy. No, you are not. But I, um, uh, yeah, I was there. You know, I think maybe it was just that I I was so stoned all the time um, <laughs> that it's just gone I into see. like this cloud. You know, I, that's I remember Chris Watkins uh, hitting me up for some pot, and you know, 
and and I, I said, I, I, I smoked it. It's gone. It's all gone. He says, oh, you know, you know, Chris, Chris Walker said, I was saying, I don't, I don't do Chris Walker very well, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, no, he was, he's always coming around the corner. Jo- Josh says, as part of that question, ask Charlie what French ladybug means to him. French ladybug. Wow. God, how does Josh know that? Uh, that was a that was a mind reading trick that was taught to my father and I by Milton Berle, where. Uh, wow. We, you know, it's a card. It's a card reading trick. And that's uh, it. You, you were there, <laughs> Charlie. Like, you know, I can't give away. I can't give away the secret to the. Ah, oh, that's you right. Know, you can. Uh, Milton will be rolling around in his grave. Charlie, Although, you were uh, there. You were right? with. Uh, we were together when we were very young. And Milty, and what was his wife's name? Uh, Ruth. Ruth. Yeah. Ruth. Uh, Milty and Ruth would come in, and they didn't even, their own party in their house. Everybody oh, yeah. else is in the other room partying away, and they would come in and do tricks for us for like an hour. They would do these, and they were incredible card tricks and, and press the digitation. Um, try saying that three times. Well, uh, say, and, say huh? No, go ahead. What? Both my earplugs have fallen out now. I can't hear a fucking. Th- okay. I was just going to say hi to Josh. He's uh, one of the great hi, guys. Josh. One of the great guys of the world. And he is a yeah. wonderful guy. We had him on the podcast because uh, it was Ernie Kovacs' hundredth uh, year. Oh yeah. And it is now. It is now the uh, what is the word? The centenary of Walter Matthau. A hundred years. Uh, that's right. October twentieth. It'll be a hundred years. A hundred years. My father. I'm coming up on that. Father was a very big fan of Chris Watkins, and they, they he sat next to him on an airplane one time, and Chris told me that uh, he stared at him and he said, "You're the guy that plays all of those Meshuganas, aren't you?" <laughs> <laughs> it must be very normal in real life to play all those Meshuganas. <laughs> Gilbert, Gilbert do, you do do Chris Watkins. I can't do him. <laughs> Do you do a Chris Walken impression, Charlie? I wish I, wish I did, no, but uh, he's, uh, he was one of uh, my father's favorite actors and uh, and and obviously one of mine, too. Yeah, he's, he's Gil, a are you going to let them talk about Milton Berle and not ask either one of them the question? Okay, did either one of you see Milton Berle's dick? No, but that's, that's a biggie uh, uh, in more than one way. <laughs> Um, no, there's the famous story uh, that it was it, him uh, against Forrest Tucker, who was yes. from a rival uh, uh, country club. He was from Lakeside, and and Milty was from Hillcrest, and uh, and they literally had a whole big thing where they set up, you know, <laughs> the unveiling. And uh, I'm very happy to say that uh, Milty beat him by a head. <laughs> Charlie, we'll assume that wasn't part of Milty's magic trick. <laughs> Uncle Milty. Oh. What a guy. I think we... Gilbert, you met Milty. Uh, yeah. So, okay, yeah. so we all got to meet Milton Burl. That's one thing we all have in common. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell us about, as children, Char- uh, 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 Charlie, you were on. You were in Charlie Varick. I was, yes. Yeah, yeah. And Chris, you were, as a kid, on the set of The Great Race. So I want to hear each one, a memory from each one of you. By the way, I love that movie to death. Go ahead, Charlie. Well, uh, Charlie Barrick uh, 
there's a scene where I play the kid that finds the uh, that sees the uh, getaway car and sees the license plate, and I go up to the sheriff and tell him. And then I notice that there's blood on the sheriff's forehead, and I ask him if he's going to die. And uh, so we're about to shoot the scene, and the director, who is my favorite, and I think the most talented of all of the directors that uh, that my father worked with, he was the greatest filmmaker, Don Siegel. Oh, and we're fans. Yeah. He said, oh, uh, I, have, I just got a phone call. I'm going to have to take this call. Walter, why don't you direct this scene? So we, I start to do this scene uh, with a wonderful actor, Bill Schallert. And uh, hmm. I'm way, doing way too much uh, and just, you know, creating my own brand of ham. And my father's yelling and screaming at me, no, 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 God damn it, Charlie, no. <laughs> and finally, after about the eighth take, I looked at him and I said, when is the real director coming back? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. Oh, it's and, my turn. Great. Chris, uh, uh, Another movie of, of the many movies, the great movies your father did, but one that was How to Murder Your Wife. Mm. Love it. Yeah. The, the yeah. Gloppita Gloppita Machine. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And had a, had a great musical score mm -hmm. by the same man who did The Odd Couple, uh, Neil Hefty. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I did. That, that. You got that funny story in the book, Chris, about about how to murder your wife with 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 uh, Vernalise's husband. Oh Christ! Well, now, what was the setup for that? Oh, um, I remember this that story. That her her husband her yeah, husband yeah, from Italy was visiting the set. It's 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 you know it's one of those things that kind of flows out of the narrative of of the story in the book. But, well, uh, Jack was injured. He was injured doing a stunt. That's it. Your dad. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, it was it, when they were running around the roof. Um, yeah. And it was crazy. In the opening. And, you know, Pop isn't exactly, uh, doesn't exactly not go for it um, is the best way to say it. I mean, he's, you know, this man is pretty much uh, bundled up dynamite. And uh, and so he just he just goes flying off the roof uh, to certain falling to certain death. And uh, there's a pipe and he puts his arm around it and, and literally stops himself from falling to the ground, uh, ripping all the muscles. And oh, it was lovely. Uh, <clears throat> so everybody says, go to. And he is uh, now in the meantime, Verna Lisi starring in the film, too. And she has a really jealous Italian husband um, who does is big. He's very large, and he doesn't speak any English, and he's convinced that she's having, you know, a, a little a flirtatious thing with my father. Um, and so my father, after this, uh, instead of going into well, the, the all the dressing rooms looked the same. They had the little cottage dressing rooms on the set, and my father bursts into what he thought was his dressing room, but of course it was Vernalisi's, and uh, <clears throat> at, at that time. Uh, the jealous Italian giant is sitting there watching Vernalisi model something w which w with no clothes on. She was completely naked and, and doing a turn. And he, he looks at her, looks at my father, looking at her, then looks at my father and, you know, the Keystone Cops 
breaks out. It was it was literally yeah no it was literally running around all over the place with the, the chasing and the, you know it, it's you know it was like even if you saw a slow motion of it you'd see you know Verna flying past uh, with you know in her birthday suit and then you know f- five or six costume people after her and then you know then her husband's after her and uh, and then my father is you know hiding over in a corner and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think I've gone on enough about this, haven't I? <laughs> um, it's uh, you know, that's uh, yeah. Watch it, it, it watch was the old days. Back to that other question that Charlie sure, and I sure. were talking about. Old it was, Hollywood it was the old days. I mean, just this crazy stuff would happen, and it was just so much fun. And I think that really came across uh, in the in the films as well. Uh, you know, with these marvelous characters. So I'll that's a now. fun one. That's a fun one. <laughs> it's, it it's Richard it's a Richard Quine, I think, yeah, as Dick memory Quine. serves. Dick yeah. Quine uh, yeah. directed that one. Yeah. Terry Thomas, a lot of fun in that one, and as Gil says, a great score. Terrific. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a really, really fun movie. And, and Gilbert, you you're very moved by 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 Jack's performance in Save the Tiger too. I know uh, that's a yeah. movie you've talked about Terrific on this show. Performance. Yeah, it was, um, and it was a real. You know, Pop had a few breakthroughs uh, where it's just all of a sudden he just took people and whacked them across the face. And I'll say this as quickly as I can. Basically, his whole desire, uh, based on his great hero, Jean-Louis Barreau, uh, uh, it was, was literally to make you laugh and make you cry at the same time, that he felt that's the interweaving of comedy and drama was, was the ultimate of the art. And of course, that didn't go over back in the days of, uh, you know, those days with the branding and all that stuff. You know, they want, you know, Jack Lemmon, you know, hitting his face into another window and falling over and stuff. And uh, uh, the first film where he was able to do that was his second film with Billy Wilder, which was The Apartment. Uh, and that my was, favorite. Yeah, that was that was a very important film, uh, not just for for its uh, social commentary, but uh, uh, for my father as an actor, because that's where he did it, and he did flawlessly. Um, right, and then Days of Wine and Roses came right after that. So that's exactly he, he, right. He was obviously he had crossed over. He was obviously yes. now being taken and, seriously uh, as a dramatic but, but actor. But the ultimate of all of them was Save the Tiger. To play Wonderful. that schmuck. That son of a bitch who wanted to burn down his his clothing factory, uh, you know, for the insurance money because he was going under, you know, uh, what a story! What a story! I, that's a that's a Save the Tigers a perfect example of a film that uh, wouldn't there you have go. been made today. Yes, you're right, Charlie. Yeah, and let's talk about your a career transformation of sorts too for your dad, Charlie, because he started appearing in 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 action films. In films like The Laughing Policeman and films like Taking of Pelham 123, Charlie Varick, right. showing showing his range. Right. Well, uh, you know, uh, going back to it, I guess, uh, he um, started out uh, playing heavies yeah. and uh, dramatic roles. And then some genius figured out that he could be funny. So then he was doing that. And then uh, when he was able to kind of pick and choose his part, uh, he did go back and do some some dramatic roles. I know he turned down Dirty Harry because he, he thought it was too too violent. Um, Interesting. But then a couple of years later, he made Charlie Barrick with uh, the great Siegel. Siegel. And Chris, your dad turned down Cool Hand Luke? Oh, yeah. that's It's a hell of a story. Um, but he was so impressed with the uh, script, uh, and he knew 
who should play the lead instead of him. So he ended up producing it. It was a Jalen production. Why did he, Um, why did he turn the role down? He felt that there was another actor who could do it better. um, And who was more right for the part. And of course that actor uh, was nominated for an Academy award from your dad was generous that way. He would, he would, uh, Yes, he would recommend another actor for a part. Great instincts. That was one thing I got to say about Pop Man. Um, I just think that he was so delicious as a human being that he had incredible luck, Uh, and he was so talented. You know, luck doesn't happen. Luck is made uh, uh, by hard work and uh, and and good instincts, and also walking into the right room at the right time. Um, And Pop had 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 that, Uh, and he made some really amazing decisions during his time and that was one of them and both lemon and Mathel both were able to do both comedy and drama equally mm. well mm-hmm. equally well yeah you, you yeah. go charlie Which, you talk about that well charlie and i were talking about uh, about cactus flower and, and a new leaf on the phone yesterday i believe he uh, they wanted uh cary grant for cactus flower uh yeah that's right and then carrie had uh had retired already and didn't want to come back right yeah i mean and i'm watching that and i'm thinking and and to go from carrie grant to walter Matthau, but you don't miss a beat (laughs) because he because he my father used to insist that he was the ukrainian carrie grant Here's here's an oddball uh, Walter Matthau uh, role, the drunk at the bar in Earthquake. Yes, and he he did not take the credit, the screen credit, Walter Matthau. Well, he kind of got tricked by the producer of that, who was his buddy, and uh, he was he said, "Can you do uh, a cameo? Uh, you know, just come down for a few hours and play a drunk at the bar and." Uh, you know, we'll give some money to charity. And uh, he did that. But then, uh, I guess, unbeknownst to him, they did a lot more filming with his double. Ah. Um, and so, and then they cut it in all over the movie. So you keep cutting back to the bar. So it looks like it's a real part. And uh, my dad was very pissed off. And he said, well, you can't use my name. I'm going to give you a name that you can use. So he made something up where it had as many syllables as possible. <laughs> That's a great story. You know what? The other story I love about uh, was, was uh, Chris, your dad's in a movie called Alex and the Gypsy. Yeah. Which he wasn't terribly fond no, of. No, no, that's he. he and so he took uh, to the screening, uh, he took uh, his best friend, Walter, um, and, and you know, uh, and pretty much held his hand uh, through the whole thing. And sure enough, it was, you know, it was a <laughs> pull. <laughs> um, and, uh, 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 and, and so finally he turns to Walt and says, so what do you think? Walt thinks about it a second, turns to him and says, Get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I remember, I didn't meet either one of your fathers, but I remember being like just a few feet from them at this Big Brother event mm-hmm. that used to be insane all-star. And I, I don't know if you'd remember any of this, but I just overheard uh, your father, Walter, saying that there was some kind of chocolate that he liked. 
I think it was made in Europe, and he would, like, allow himself, like, one a year. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he had a heart condition. Does that mean but, anything, Charlie? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, you know, <clears throat> we had an ongoing dialogue about his diet, uh, and I can tell you that if he said he only had one a year, I think that might have been a little fib. <laughs> Gilbert, was it killing you to not go over and introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I, I mean, the two of them, I thought, uh, they're not real. You know, it's that they're two big stars. They can't exist in real life. What was Steve Martin's uh, great line at the AFI tribute? Um, where he's he's sitting in the uh, commissary at uh, at uh, Paramount and looks up and sees uh, my father Walter and Billy Wilder walking towards him and uh, and I said to myself, oh God, not these guys again. <laughs> <laughs> is that the is that the tribute that ended with the punchline? Jack Lemon's got a great ass. You know what I'm you know what I'm referring uh, to? Yeah, that was Walter's speech. Was that Walter's speech? Yes. <laughs> It's just and he turns vaguely. and walks away from me, and I remember thinking to myself, "Jack Lemon's got a great ass." That's the one. <laughs> Chris, how touched was he? And you can see it on YouTube too. We'll tell our listeners when Ving Rhames did that lovely thing at the Golden Globes. Well, I, and, I and I surprised everybody. Yeah, he yeah. was more stupefied than anything, um, uh, and he adored Bing, Ving, and 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 uh, was really did think, as we all did, that he deserved that uh, award. Um, uh, but I, you know, I just think it's great that he walked up to him, took it, and said, "And I'm going to keep it too." Uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, he, he seemed so flabbergasted. Yeah, he he really was, and I don't know if he ever gave it. <laughs> a, it was a love. It was a lovely moment, and it it was the right thing to do. If you're a young actor and you're up against Jack Lemmon, for Christ's sake, yeah. you know, yeah. give well, him the it was award. It was, that's that's what he was. I think I think both of them, uh, both Pop and Walter, were they. Um, you know, they they played all these marvelous characters and quirky and this and that and touching and heart rending. Uh, both of them, and uh, and but underneath. They were very, very generous uh, men. Uh, I, I really do believe. You said two in a billion, two in a billion, Charlie. That that's the that's the the kind of guys they were. It's about right. Yeah, I like yeah. that line. Yes. Yeah. Quick, quick, another quick question from a listener. Simon Thaler would like to know if Charlie has any stories from his appearance as a killer bee on Saturday Night Live, <laughs> when, when when his dad hosted, and it's a great episode, by the way. Uh you know, I wish I did. Uh, I don't have any great stories uh, from from that other than uh, uh, it was an amazing time. And he would also like to ask Chris what it was like to portray the younger version of his dad in Gary David Goldberg's film. Oh, yeah. Dad. Uh, well, you know, Gary was, was producing the show that I was in for Fox at the time, which was pretty popular, uh, called Duet. Duet, uh, sure. I used to watch Duet. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he said, would you come and do this? And I said, sure. And he said, will you ask your wife if she could play Olympia Dukakis? And sure enough, Gina said yes. And, and we, uh, we showed up in Duxbury, Massachusetts. And it was a magical two days. It was just joyous. Uh, so much fun. Um, and, and really kind of very touching, um, you know, to be able to, you know, to play him. But then my father found out about it. And there was hell to pay. He says, what, 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 the, what the fuck are you doing out there? Jesus Christ. You, who, 
what? Who, who let this little bastard do that shit? <laughs> Chris, your one-man show, which I will recommend to our listeners, and they can they can find it on YouTube, is just and the book. Well, that's plug. not a fully produced uh, rendition of the show. That was just you know something we threw together. Um, but it's but it's 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 great. It's there, there's there's so many wonderful moments in it. There's the great Charlie Maryland saw one. it. Charlie yeah. came to see my show. Oh, amazing. When it was in its infancy. It's got music. It's got stories. It's got. There's that great Marilyn Monroe story with the helicopter. Oh yeah, yeah, true story. Yeah, it's 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 full of great stories, and the book is very very touching. I'm curious too. He directed Walter. The one time he got in the director's chair, of course, was Koch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Charlie, what were you telling me that he uh, he couldn't find he couldn't find a lead? He was having trouble getting the movie off the ground, and your dad said. Uh, if you need somebody uh, for the part, you know, I'd love to do it. And uh, he hadn't thought of that. Of course, at the, you know, at the time, Walter was 30 years younger than the, than the right. character. Yeah, very sweet portrayal. Yeah. very And a, a, a nice little film. Uh, Chris, why did he not direct again? It, it, it's, it's you know I I think I think he did a good job. Um, yeah, yeah, but, it's a, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a good film. Another one of those seventies movies that would never be made. Of course, uh, again. But it's that, that's you know I mean directing Charlie's more more uh, ab, uh, more more uh, able to to answer this question than me. Directing is tough, man. I mean you're you're there from the inception. It's just ridiculous. Uh, you know, hard work for months and months and months and months. And I think, you know, Pop just went, I, 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 Jesus Christ, I don't want to do this anymore. No. <laughs> he does have a fun cameo as a sleeping man on a bus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was it was it was a nice film. Um, and and I, I think it was it was very poignant as well. Sweet um, film. I recommend yeah, it. Charlie, yeah. how the hell did your mom become the inspiration for Holly Go Lightly? And Breakfast at Tiffany's. Well, uh, it, it was her personality, not her occupation. Uh, but right. She was, <laughs> uh, she was best friends with Truman Capote, and they used to go out at night. And uh, in the morning, they'd walk by Tiffany's, and uh, he liked her very flighty personality. And then you got to, years later, adapt a Truman Capote story, and you got to direct your dad, and Chris's dad, The Grass Harp, which oh, we also yeah. recommend to our listeners, which is very, uh, first of all, a dream cast and very well made. Thank you. Yeah, no, I was incredibly lucky uh, to work with such great material and with the, the best actors. Even uh, even Piper Laurie uh, was amazing in that. Uh, she said that was her favorite role. And Wonderful. Wonderful cast. She was, uh, she's, you know, one of my favorite actresses, and she was... Um, of course, uh, also uh, nominated in Cool Cool Hand Luke, right? Which uh, I didn't realize until this program that Chris's father produced. Yeah, there you go. We're nothing if not educational. What is it? I well, think that's uh, you know Jewish uh, geography. That's 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 the wonderful thing about uh, you know tr- what we tried to answer your question about the you know what's the difference. Um, and there certainly is, uh, but it just seemed like it was more kind of a band of troubadours back then. You know, the show must go on, and there was this whole spirit that kind of. Uh, and I, I kind of miss that, uh, especially in this time time where nobody's even going to the movies anymore. You watch yeah, not it on now. your TV. Not now. Yeah. What was what was Blake Edwards like, and uh, Chris? And then we're going to ask uh, uh, 
Charlie to tell us something about Billy Wilder. Well, he was one of the funniest guys you could ever hope to meet. Um, he had all sorts of personal demons, and uh, uh, all of his films reflect him going through one stage or another, uh, especially That's Life, I think, is, is uh, yeah. really uh, a, a true of that, that pop plays him brilliantly. Um, yeah. Nice to see you in there, too. But he would tell stories in between takes uh, that you, ju- you just, I was, you would cry with laughter. It was, you couldn't stop laughing. You were worried for your health um, when Blake told a story because, you know, you couldn't get enough oxygen in. Um, I remember him talking about uh, one time when he wanted to commit suicide. And uh, and uh, I think it, had he broken his foot, he had a big cast on his foot and he decided the way he was gonna commit suicide uh, was to, to jump off one of the mountains in Pacific Palisades. And so he pumped himself up and pumped himself up and started running and stepped in a hole and broke his other foot. (laughs) (laughs) So he literally was walking around with two casts on. That was hilarious. I I love the great race. We, we, you know, we used to do little mini episodes of this show where Gilbert and I would just kick around. We just talk about movies we loved. Gilbert did an episode about Save the Tiger. Remember Gil? Oh yes. You, he did an episode about how to murder your wife. Uh, We did an episode about the great race and one about Charlie Varick. One other thing we did on this show, like one of the great musical scores of all time was the odd couple. Everybody recognizes the theme sure. music. And have you have either one of you heard the lyrics to the odd couple? <laughs> <laughs> Did you know there were lyrics? I didn't know that. Didn't Marvin Hamlish write that? No, it was Neil, he Neil Hefty. Did he did he write the lyrics oh. also? Oh, that's uh, an whoever interesting... Whoever wrote the lyrics... That's uh, an interesting I question. don't think would tell anyone. <laughs> they we'll were it... the worst lyrics. It was something like, when when people see us walk, they think we're an odd couple. <laughs> it was something like that. <laughs> well, uh, glad it wasn't anything too on the nose. Oh, it was <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank- oh, Charlie, sure here's another one for you from, from, from a listener. Uh, Sean Patrick Little, I love Charlie's film Freaky Deaky. I must ask about the challenges of adapting someone like Elmore Leonard to the screen. Um, well, again, I was really blessed to work with, with great material. And um, uh, you know, I remember uh, the premiere of uh, Freaky Deaky at the Tribeca Film Festival. And... Afterwards, they did the uh, questions and answers, and I had no idea who was going to be there, but who was in the front row but Mr. Chris Lemon. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I kind of screwed up the whole surprise thing by, you know, sitting in It was a hell of a film, Charlie. I, I adored that film. It's a fun movie. With, yeah. a, with another with another really great eclectic cast. If you're looking for um, a classic Elmore Leonard movie, it's not Freaky Deaky. But if you're just looking for like a a fun ninety minutes, I think uh, I think it'll do. It's fun with a with a with a kinky kind of cast. I mean, Crispin Glover and and Andy Dick and 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 Christian Slater, and everybody's having fun. Yeah, it was a good time. Clearly, I uh, gotta ask you guys uh, about. Um, this lovely thing that Larry Gelbart said at uh, at, mm. at Walters at your dad's <clears throat> memorial service. He said the redwoods are falling. Mm-hmm. 
and not which was, soon which, to be replaced. Yeah, yeah, and and I think and Gilbert and I, you know, we get not melancholy, but we, we're you know, this is a nostalgia show, and we certainly, you know, it's it's we look back at things that that used to be and never will be again. I I think it's to, safe to say these two guys uh, just irreplaceable. Yes, they were no question. Very very I'm, tall redwoods. Yeah, and, and, and they were your best. They were your best friends too, both of you. Big time. Yeah, absolutely. Safe, safe to safe to say. Uh, you said something interesting on the uh, on the odd couple uh, commentary, Charlie. You said there were th- there were three people on screen together. There was Mathau, there was Lemon, and then there was this magical entity that they created mm. together. Did I say that? That's yeah, isn't that profound. That's pretty good, Charlie. <laughs> You know, I just think it's it's wonderful, though, that they uh, were able to end with just such a delightful film with grumpy old men and with Burgess and, and you know, and all that uh, that had such heart to it. But at the same time, was a truly funny film. It it, it spoke, in my opinion, um, uh, uh, about them as friends and people. Uh, uh, and did it in such a delightful way. Uh, I know they went on to do some other stuff after that, but that one I think was really, in my opinion. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, cheers, well, what, cheers to him. What to each of you? What lemon? Uh, what lemon movie for you, Chris? Uh, if you're channel surfing, if you stumble across it, what can you not turn off? What is well, the, the one that you the, have it's, to it's watch? The big one. It's the big one. I really truly think Pop's big film. Um, and I talk about it in that way in the show, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I Mm -hmm. don't do the show as me. I do the show as him. Yes. And so he's reminiscing. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that was the one, that was the one where he was able to achieve his highest goal, uh, as. And was he proudest of that one? I mean, I know he was proud of Glengarry Glenn Ross and save the tiger and. Yeah, actually. Um, uh, uh, or at least, uh, Mitch says he said this. I don't know. It's a little questionable, but uh, no, he thought Tuesdays with Maury was was. Oh uh, wow, he did good work. One in of that. his favorite, yes, uh, and sure. uh, and it's a it's a beautifully written piece, and uh, and Mitch is now really mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> I think The Apartment's my favorite movie. Uh, Charlie, same question. You're sitting around. You're in a hotel room. You got the Spectra Vision going, or the, you're 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 knocking around on the channels. And, you, and 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 what is the what is the movie you cannot turn off and 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 also part B of that question is what what, what performance do you think he was proudest of? I know he wasn't sentimental about his performances, and I know he wasn't a guy to look back. Well, uh, he, I guess you don't ask the barber if you need a haircut, right? So he would say uh, that his his favorite movie was The Grass Harp, uh, but I'm sure that's because I directed it. Uh, my favorite uh, performance of his was uh, Sunshine Boys, and um, one a couple of favorites that he had uh, that uh, seemed to kind of maybe don't get the attention that they deserve are um, Lonely Are the Brave. Oh, with, yeah. With Kirk Douglas, and that was also Kirk's favorite movie. And um, uh, A New Leaf, which uh, just uh, now you can get on uh, Blu-ray, which is... Uh, not a lot of people have seen, but is really love it, love that one. Uh, and he was what? What was he really proud of? Uh, he was proud of uh, you know most of the movies that he that he made with Jack. Um, 
he was proud of the grass harp because I directed it and I didn't, yeah. I didn't screw it up too bad. Um, <laughs> and uh, he loved, uh, you know, Lonely Are the Brave, Face in the Crowd. Um, yeah, Gilbert reminded me today he's in a face in the crowd. He's, um, he's I mean, it's, uh, he didn't, he, you know, w- was very modest and he didn't yes. like to say uh, how proud he was of this performance or that. You know, there's probably uh, 10 or 20 of them that uh, um, will never be forgotten. What does your mom say when he would tell your mom what a great actor he was? She said, yeah, so was Shirley Temple, and she was six years old. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is a treat. You guys want to talk? Charlie, tell us about your charity. Oh, uh, you know... I am for any charity that uh, would uh, uh, get the government to spend more on cancer research mm-hmm. and mm. uh, NIH funding because, you know, we spend, I think we spend something like $700 billion on defense every year. And mm-hmm. um, as important as that is, uh, we're probably going to have a much greater chance of getting cancer in our lifetime it's now it's of course one in every uh, one out of two hmm. uh so yeah you know i think we ought to spend more on that i think we spend maybe five percent um on medical research and what we spend on defense and um i wish we could spend a little more on medical research hmm. what what Amen. is the organization that that uh, that you work with I work with several. Um, one is uh, the um, it's the American Cancer Society Political Action Committee, um, and uh, uh, I work with the Maria Gruber Foundation and, right, and other right. uh, uh, other charities like that. But uh, uh, you know, the federal government we expect the federal government to do grand and wonderful things, and um, I think that that would be an area that we could get some more bipartisan support. On and um, you know maybe solve the cancer problem in our lifetime. Good for you. Good for yeah, you. actually, um, uh, who is who is that? Our, our doc friend Gina. <laughs> it's over at Yale. <laughs> R- Richard Edelson, who was the head of the uh, Yale uh, uh, Cancer Department, uh, the hell it's called. Um, uh, was uh, said exactly what uh, Charlie just said to us uh, when we were having dinner, and uh, that he feels w- within his lifetime that there will be a-, a cure for cancer. Let's hope. Chris, tell us about your kids. They're actors. You know, it's it, it's it's amazing. Um, you know, you have a couple of kids, and then they turn out to be such a pain in the ass. Uh, it's, <laughs> the, the the lemon lineage. Yes, they're all they're they all want to be actors, which means I support all three of them. No, I'm kidding. Um, my my daughter Sydney is uh, just finished starring in Marvel's new TV series. Uh, about that's that coming out pretty soon on Hulu and this that and who who the fuck knows anymore what what the <laughs> hell do you watch on you know uh, and uh, and my youngest John John uh, um, is showing real real uh, 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 promise uh, as an actor uh, he's just starting up he's still the, he's not quite as old as 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 I could have had 
because I'm very old. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, that joke isn't funny anymore, is it? Uh, so, uh, but my, my middle son, thank God, is, is sensible and he's got like a real job where, okay, he, yeah, where he now works from home and, uh, and makes, you know, lots of money. So they're all, they're all rich as hell and I'm broke. <laughs> So I can't Anything afford. Else? I can't afford to give to charities. I don't have. You know, I don't have. I'm my own charity. I give to myself. <laughs> well, I am going to plug your book, which people can still get on Amazon. A twist of lemon, a tribute to my father, which is beautiful and funny, <laughs> and filled with great anecdotes. Charlie is threatening to write a book about his dad. Next, are you, Charlie? Next Father's Day, maybe it'll come hmm? out. 2021. Ah, oh, good we'll for have you. you back. I would love to see that. Please do. I'm writing and I think, one too. Are you? Another no. one. Another memoir. I don't know if you're okay, allowed good. to do that. I don't know if you're allowed to write two memoirs. <laughs> it's well, the, first I think one, the first one was they, so they might They might think that I'm like a little, you know, full of myself. So, uh, yeah. yeah. The first That's one was there. great, and I can't wait to read the second. Thank you, Charlie. It's a great read. It really you look is. good, kid. I'm going to give you a call. We haven't spoken in a long time. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't know if you look at your uh, Facebook messages, but I was I, le I left you a couple and I didn't want to bother you. Yeah, I, I haven't looked at that in like a year, yeah. um, but I, I'll go I'll go back on there. But, well, I, but I'll yeah, I'll call you. I miss you. And I love Do you have the same number. Same number. Why don't you give it give it to me again so I can make sure I've got it right. <laughs> <laughs> well, give it to him. Give it to him off mic. <laughs> We got we got to recommend this body of work before we get out of here. We, uh, we Gilbert and I have done three hundred and seventeen of these now, Gil. Oh Christ! I think this is three eighteen, and and believe it or not, we've got a nice audience on Sirius Radio, and we've got a, a, a nice uh, podcast audience, and people listen to our film recommendations. So this body of work, Mister Roberts, and Failsafe, and the Odd Couple, and Pete and Tilly, and Save the Tiger, and a New Leaf, and the Fortune Cookie, and Cactus Flower in the apartment, and some like it hot. And we and the taking of Pelham one two three and we could go on and on and on. You 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 guys have to find these films, and watch them, because they're special and they probably would not get made under today's circumstances, which is tragic. Yeah, good and point. we have to thank some people who helped make this possible, which is Josh Mills, and Chuck, your manager Chris. Chuck Binder, yes. Chuck Binder, we got to thank the and my friend Chuck Barry Binder. Greenberg, who put us in touch with Charlie. And as always, the indispensable John Murray. And Gilbert, do you have a little Walter left in you? <laughs> <laughs> have you used all your bullets? Uh, Gilbert, you do Oscar and I'll do uh, uh, Felix. Oh, 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 my God. Kindly remove that spaghetti from my poker table. <laughs> you see? You see? You see? It's, it, 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 that's exactly what it is. It's not spaghetti. It's linguine. Now it's garbage. <laughs> Charlie's in clover. Look at him. <laughs> this was fun. Yeah, it was. Gilbert, anything else you want to ask these gentlemen? Uh, let's see. I mean, it, it's just not so much ask, but it's so funny to look. I mean, the way both of you look and the mannerisms and the voices, it really is like uh, talking to Jack Levin and Walter. Mm. Yep. It's, sure. it's so funny to watch. We almost a, did The Odd Couple, Charlie and I. 
oh, that would have been amazing. Yeah, we we did, um, but they they you know they didn't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gilbert and Jason Alexander, who we had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, have threatened to go on tour and, and the Sunshine Boys. Oh, that would be lovely. <laughs> He's a guys, this was this was a wonderful Father's Day show, and and you know we're thrilled to meet you both. Well, thank I, you, Frank and uh, Gilbert. A real honor to be on 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 your show. I think it's it's terrific, and uh, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you, and me too. Thank you so much. It was a, it was a, a lot of fun. I will recommend one more thing to our listeners on YouTube. They can find Chris a lovely tribute that you and Shirley MacLaine did to your dad. Mm. At the AFI, yeah, that, which is, that, which, that was the one when Steve Martin did his, you know, yes, not which is so again. so sweet, so beautiful to watch. There, the the body of work that's out there is available to everybody, guys. So, go find it, go check it out, and thank and, you. And, and I'm Gilbert Gottfried, and this has been Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast with my co-host Frank Santo Padre, and we have been talking to Chris Lemon and Charlie Matthau.